Welcome to Math Theater's History Science Theater Podcast, where we use musical theater to inspire excitement about math and science. This is an eight-episode season inspired by the career of chemist and X-ray crystallographer Rosalind Franklin. If this is your first time joining us, start at episode one. Dear Father, I'm sorry I didn't come home from my most recent holiday, but you of all people know how testy I become without regular access to exercise in mountain air. Until you can conjure such amenities in London, I find the continent suits my disposition far better. I'm partly joking, I do miss you and Mum, but if I'm honest, I think I might stay here for the rest of my career. My Parisian colleagues are brilliant. The crystallography work is challenging. The Chantilly forests are breathtaking and the markets have fresh fruits and vegetables. Fresh fruits and vegetables. You should taste these oranges. If only London could be so lucky. I know you have opinions about where my place is, but you should also know you raised a daughter who for the most part knows exactly who she is. And you oughtn't be surprised that I find the environment of Paris much more temperate water to swim in. All my love to Mum and Jen. Roz. Rosalind! Vittorio? How was your backpacking holiday? Where's Madame Nance? Did you leave her in the Italian Alps? Actually, Signor Luzzati, she and I made a great vacationing team. You planned the trip and she did what she was told? Precisely. I'm surprised you didn't leave her at the top of a mountain. Oh, it's not my fault if you can't keep up. It's not my fault if you lack sympathy. It's not my fault if you lack exercise. It's not my fault if British highborns don't have feelings. We certainly show more restraint than Italian socialists. At least I work for the common good. Oh, is that why you ran for Argentina during the war? As a Jew, I think you'd understand persecution. As a Jew, I was busy organizing refugees. Are you calling me a coward? Are you calling me stuck up? Of course I am. Cut it out, you two. I missed you, Franklin. I missed you too, Luzzati. Holiday is over. I know. But I'm quite chuffed by these x-ray crystallography pictures. Hmm, Okay. What am I looking at? Carbon, of course. You and your coal. Excuse me, these are not coal, but carbons. Coke and char, specifically. Well, excuse me. I didn't realize you'd moved on. I haven't moved on. The Coal Association wants to know why certain carbons graphitize. Graphite is very useful. Extremely useful. So are Coal Association grants? Just so. So I heated these two different samples to very high temperatures. I love having access to an induction furnace. You didn't have one in England. Don't get me started on England. But now that I have, why stop you? I'm not a complainer, Luzzati. Suffice it to say, living and working in Paris is a welcome change, and one I have no intention of reversing. A permanent change, 
a true transformation, a state rearranged, an irreversible alteration, truly transcendent, transition with pyrolysis. That's the multi-composition. So look, after heating this carbon sample to 3,000 degrees, the process of pyrolysis turned it into graphite. But the other sample didn't turn into graphite. Interesting choice, other sample. Crank up the heat. Examine the process 3,000 degrees and the carbon is so stressed a truly transcendent transfiguration with pyrolysis and carbon graphitization. Look at the picture and do the math. It's because of their structure. The graphite carbons are laid out nice and flat in almost parallel layers. It looks like a stack of folded laundry. Really hard laundry. But the non-graphite carbons, they're clumped in this porous, rigid mass. Like a sponge. A really hard sponge. The carbon samples are completely structurally different. Who knew that something so elemental could be so dynamic and so temperamental? A truly transcendent transition with pyrolysis. Thermal decomposition! Ah, one day I'll tell my grandchildren I was in the room when this discovery was made by Rosalind Franklin. Do you have a name for it? I was thinking graphitizing carbons and non-graphitizing carbons. Direct and practical. Gets the point across for the ages. Why are you smiling at me like that? Most X-ray crystallographers start with some nice, easy molecules. You know, something small and ordered, like a zinc blend or something. Something easy to X-ray photograph. But not you. You went straight for these amorphous, barely crystalline carbons. It's like skipping to the hardest questions in a book and nailing the answers. You are a diamond in the rough, Franklin. A diamond is just another way of looking at carbon. Oh, I almost forgot. (laughs) You have a visitor waiting for you in Monsieur Marine's office. And you waited this long to tell me? To be fair, he's a forgettable gentleman. What is he here for? How should I know? Until I ask him. Excuse me? What? Uh, Who? Yes. Uh, Rosalind Franklin, sir. I hope I didn't keep you waiting too long. Long enough to drift off to this lovely view of the Seine. Dr. G.T. Rendell, at your service. How do you do? I said J.T. Rendell, the inventor of the cavity magnetron. Oh. Uh, of, 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 of course. I said the cavity magnetron? The critically important device for hunting German submarines? Oh yes, uh, that cavity magnetron. I'm Dr. J.T. Randall. War hero? Good for you. Yes, well, nice to meet you, Miss Franklin. Uh, Dr. Franklin, actually. Ah, yes. The war was good for you, female academics. Finally got your degrees. I would hardly call the war good for anything, sir. Is that why you came all the way here? 
to chat about the English glorification of strife and violence? No, as a matter of fact, I came to chat about your holes in coal. Oh, well, I do have quite a lot to say on the subject. And that's quite all right. I've read all your papers. Outstanding work. Especially now that your studies are incorporating X-ray crystallography. Structures are incredibly important, sir. Uh, can I see them? <laughs> One can't actually see the holes. They're at the molecular level. I mean your X-ray pictures. Surely you have some somewhere. Well, as a matter of fact... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fabulous. You really do have golden hands with that machine. But Rosie, may I call you Rosie? Uh, Franklin is fine. But Rosie, your work with the Coal Association has made a name for you. From gas masks to telephones, the application of your research have made quite the splash. And now you're the best in the X-ray crystallography business. Or so I'm told. I have no interest in industry if you've come here recruiting. I did come recruiting, but not for anything industrial. This coal you love so much, it's made of carbon. And aren't you made of carbon too? Well, that's rather personal. Rosalind Franklin, 20th century's leading expert on coal and carbons. Suppose I were to ask those who know you best, what would they say you're made of? Well, that would depend upon whom you ask and from what angle is their point of view. A person's structure is not so easy to determine, sir. But you would agree that structure is important. Very much so. Well, as a scientist... What can you tell me about your chemical structure? About as much as any physical chemist. Practically nothing. Why don't you go bother a biologist? Ah, but biology is chemistry's next frontier. Why do we think of them as separate? Frogs, fruit flies, and cells on one side. Molecules, electricity, and magnetism on the other. They all obey the same laws of physics and chemistry. Everything in the universe is made of atoms, and what could be more important than the molecular composition of life? Oh, I've heard this lecture before. You have? Yes. Erwin Schrodinger gave it here in Paris last month, along with his book, What is Life? Uh, yes. Well, I never said it was my idea. But he wouldn't have corrected me if I'd thought it was. My secretary will send you your itinerary. I haven't told you I'm interested. Wouldn't you like to go home? I feel quite at home in Paris, thank you. I have a position for you in my lab at King's College, London. London? It pays quite a bit more than you're earning here. <laughs> to return to London. To find life's genetic code. And you think that can be found by a physical chemist who specializes in the holes in coal? Not just any physical chemist. You. Somewhere in a cell, there's an arrangement of atoms that contains the information to make a living, breathing thing. Physics has split the atom, causing untold death and destruction. 
As a war hero, I believe it's time we stop studying dead things and point our fancy cameras at life itself. You really think your lab can find the answers to life itself? If we can get your x-ray crystallography skills on our team there, I want you to lead a study x-raying the structure of proteins. I'd be in charge. In charge of the x-ray effort? Of a study of proteins. Proteins. I know next to nothing about proteins. Then you better start reading. Quickly. England is waiting. Life itself is waiting. Ta-ta. Life itself is waiting. Here I thought I had my own life fairly well sorted. And you brought yourself here. Lizotti, were you listening to my private conversation? Are you kidding? That man is a war hero. (laughs) Oh, stop it. He has a point, though. Science in everyday life cannot and should not be separated. Science, science for me, gives a partial explanation of life. We start off as a single cell, but it all gets so complex so quickly. You're not thinking of going, are you? I would be a fish out of proverbial water. Already talking like a biologist. I would go from a field where I'm already recognized as a leading expert into a realm where I know next to nothing. I would be in charge in a place where I will be viewed as an amateur. Say what you will about Rosalind Franklin. Oh, and what do they say now? She's stubborn. Yes. Direct. Yes. Argumentative. You say that as if it's a good thing? It is. Because she's also loyal, funny, caring. Get to the point, Luzzati. Say what you will about Rosalind Franklin. She is not an amateur. You have the opportunity to be a pioneer in the next frontier of science. I know you'll make the right choice. One becomes two, and two becomes four. Exponential growth leads to more, more, more. Four becomes eight, and eight sixteen. A bundle of cells could be a sheep, or a queen, or any living thing in the whole world wide. Can be formed and informed as the cells divide. Sixteen to thirty-two, thirty-two to sixty-four, doubling and doubling. More, more, more. I can do the math and I can analyze diffractions, but with physics, why not contemplate the ultimate distraction? What is life? What do we get to decide? Is life predetermined or choices to choose as our cells and possibilities divide? What is life? How might my future emerge? Is destiny shaped by the choices we make every time that a path can diverge? Life in Paris guarantees a happy history for me. London may be more mundane, but mysteries could be explained. What is life? Physics could furnish the key. Questions of life 
could be answered with candor by physics and chemistry. 64 becomes 128. I stand upon the place where my path must bifurcate. I'll go to England, do the math, and analyze diffractions. Maybe biochemistry will offer satisfaction. Science is my life. This has been History Science Theater Podcast by Math Theater. Script by Ricky Coates and Sadie Bowman. Music and lyrics by Sadie Bowman. While this podcast is inspired by true events, some artistic license has been employed. To access discussion guides and historical notes for each episode, as well as bonus episodes where we sit down with real scientists, not actors, to talk about the science in this show, you can get those benefits by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash mattheater. Your support at any level means the world to us. This episode featured Ricky Coates as Vittorio Luzzati, Chris Martinez as J.T. Randall, and Sadie Bowman as Rosalind Franklin. Chris Martinez is a Seattle-based actor, lover of Irish whiskeys, good stories, and an all-around great friend. You can follow him on Instagram at topher.martinez. History Science Theatre Podcast has been a production of Math Theatre. We use live theater to tell stories that inspire excitement about math and science. For information about our live shows and other interactive theatrical experiences, visit us at maththeater, that's M-A-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot com, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. History Science!